What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Elisa Pressman. My first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans, is out now. In this book, I've wanted to quiet all the noise that's out there and distill the science into five core principles. And using those principles, you can solve absolutely any parenting challenge, giving you the confidence to raise good humans. Order now and give yourself a little bit of ease. From Vanderpump Rules to motherhood and everywhere in between, it's time to catch up with Sheena Shea. This is Shenanigans. And now, here's your host, Sheena Shea. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Shenanigans. Today's guest is not like a regular boss. He's a cool boss. He is the creator and producer of many of your favorite shows, including Vanderpump Rules, host of the Hot Mike podcast, my boss, technically, Mr. Alex Baskin. How are we doing? It's good to see you, Sheena. I have to say, this is an intimidating setup. Yeah, how do you feel being in the hot seat? seat? I don't like it. I'm not used to this. (laughs) I've been wanting to do this. For years. I've had this podcast going on five years now, and I've always wanted to sit you down, ask you just about how you got in this industry, and so many more things. Oh, my God. You have so many cards. I You're do. like Andy Cohen exactly. there. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to get his job, you know, when he <laughs> retires. So I figured, let's start with some cards. All but right. how about we start with a game? Okay. Just to, you know, break the ice. You have worked with a lot of reality talent, you know, across various shows and networks over the years. And I know the Bravo shows are just a little drop in the Baskin bucket, but I'm going to give you a series of prompts and you're going to let me know who comes to mind first. Okay. So anyone you've worked with at all. All right. What is the best moment you've had picked up on a hot mic? The best moment picked up on a hot mic? Oh, my God, that's such a good question. And I'm trying to think of something that I can share because there's been plenty of hot right? mic moments that, that I wish that they're going to go like, in the no, uh, no, in no. the memoirs, you know, <laughs> after the fact. Yeah. So I would say 
I've never had anything like the Real Housewives of Miami. So there, there hasn't been anything that completely changed the game. But I would say the Real Housewives of Orange County and Tamra Gretchen, that was one of the original hot mic moments, mm-hmm. Naked Wasted. Yeah. It kind of paved the way for the rest of them. Yeah, totally. Who would you most want to work with on developing a new project who you haven't already? Well, it's someone that I have worked with before mm-hmm. and developing something new. Yeah. I don't know, Sheena, what to, what ideas oh, you have? Okay. What's your pitch? Um, we can grab a bite after. All and right, I'll tell let's you. talk. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Perfect. Who has surprised you the most with what they've done with their platform? I think a lot of people from Vanderpump Rules because I think that it was a very different group when we started making the show mm-hmm. 11 years ago. So I think to see everyone flourish yeah. and I think still largely be who they are is extraordinary. Yeah, totally. I have so many Vanderpump questions to get Oh into. my God, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> who is the most different off screen, if you can say? And it could be someone past who's like fired, so it doesn't matter, you know, if you say. I would say largely over time, people are the same off screen and on screen in composite. So Mm -hmm. I think they may be different in certain moments. But otherwise, I'm trying to think of who that might be. I don't think it works out for people to be different on screen than off screen. I think they're ultimately exposed. So I think people are pretty much who the audience thinks they are. I think it can be tough to explain certain moments. And obviously the shows don't always showcase, you know, your best moments. But I what? think on the <laughs> but I think on the whole, I mean, wouldn't you say that people yeah. are kind of largely who, you know, the audience thinks they are is who people are? I think for the most part, yes. But I feel like sometimes you only see parts that get more highlighted than yeah. others. So not even different in a fake way, but like I think Lala actually is a perfect example. She is who she is. However, when you really get to know Lala, she is such a softer person than I think she comes across on the show. So when people are like, how could you be friends with her again? I'm like, no, you don't know the Lala I know. Like I know Lauren from Utah and I feel like she is different, but in the best ways ever. I think that's perfectly fair. And I think that that's right with her. I think that who she is on screen is so loud. And that might be the yeah. person that people would you know meet at first. And I think it's just a function of getting to know mm-hmm. her. I still think they're largely accurate. And I don't think that always, you know, does people a, a favor necessarily. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I really do think that over time, it pretty much comes out in the wash. I think yeah. if someone is a good person, I think that'll translate maybe not for everybody. Yeah. And I think if someone is an asshole, then, you know, that'll certainly reveal itself. Very true. Which cast members have had the most memorable feud? Well, longest running was probably Kyle and Lisa, or (laughs) I would say because I don't know that they're in a different place than they were, you know, when that sort of shook out the way that it did. They're not. Yeah, I can confirm they're not. (laughs) But um, that's an exclusive. But I think... Otherwise, I mean, there's lots of frenemies. It's like I've seen Tamara and Vicky over the years, you know, fight and then make up. And then now, lo and behold, they're fighting again. Right. So, I mean, I think that happens. But otherwise, I think good friends typically come back together. And that was, you know, until recently, a hallmark of Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. No kidding. What has been the most jaw breaking moment that you've captured on one of your shows? I think 
There have been some that have just been shocking. There's been things that I just didn't see coming. And and again, I'm not, you know, just saying this because I'm in present company, but there's been a number on Vanderpump rules, yeah. right? I mean, the revelations, really? you know, have been insane. And I mean, right away, starting from when the tides turned, you know, when Jax did cheat on Stassi. Mm-hmm. And, right? I mean, and that was a big revelation. And before then, Stassi was the, you know, supposedly controlling jealous girlfriend. Right. And she was right. Yeah. Wow. So I would say, you know, there's been plenty of moments like those where I'm uh, I'm both, you know, capturing it as a producer and then also watching it as a spellbound viewer, too. Yeah, definitely. Who has been your best or favorite hire or casting? This is going to sound like a diplomatic answer and it isn't intended to be. I think that, you know, I have to appreciate everyone who is on the shows, especially for years, because Mm -hmm. it's really tough. Yeah. And so you form meaningful relationships with everyone. There are certain go to's or people that are just sort of stalwarts on the shows. And that's uh, that's great. And, you know, something that's really valued, but Mm -hmm. pretty good relationships across the board. And then I think that if someone doesn't work with production, and isn't a team player, they just tend not to last anyway. Mm-hmm. Totally. With saying, you know, exactly that, who has been your hardest fire? Oh, my God. There have been so many of them. I mean, the Tamra conversation was not easy. Mm-hmm. That was a tough one. There are... There are others that were tough as well. There's been there have been times when I've tried to convince people that maybe they shouldn't continue to give them the chance to, you know, have <laughs> Just that, quit. Yeah, have that would make it easier. So they're never fun conversations. Um, there's one I can think of in particular with someone, you know, who was a very difficult cast member, and I kind of, you know said to her, look, I, you know, congratulations, your wish has come true. This is no longer your problem. And, you know. I can guess who you're talking about. (laughs) You probably can. (laughs) What moment from one of your shows had the most surprising audience reaction? I call things wrong all the time. I used to think that I would know where the audience was going to come down on things. Mm -hmm. And now I just I just don't. And part of it is social media is also not necessarily a litmus test. So it's hard to gauge it. And something that might seem 95 to 5 on social media really is just a really loud, you know, 95 Mm percent. So I don't I don't know. But it happens, you know, all of the time. I mean, I I didn't know, for example, this season on Beverly Hills, Garcelle Durate. I didn't know right. how that was going to play out. Yeah. You know, and, and it played out differently. And it's pretty split, I'd have to say. I'd mm-hmm. have to say it's it's 50-50, and I would have been wrong about that. Yeah. Um, no, I saw so much of that. And yeah. Wild. I mean, that's one thing, though, I got to say. I do love about Bravo. It's hard when you're on the other side of it, but it's how passionate our fans are. Oh, my God. They're and the then, best. Literally. Yeah, they are. And you have to appreciate it and you have to just go with it. But they're rabid. They're, you know, just super invested. Totally. Who would you most want to vacation with? Um, There's a lot of fun choices there. I'm trying to think of who would be fun to party with, but also wouldn't be annoying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's because I always think it's like, you know, if you want to get to know someone, then vacation with them, Mm -hmm. you know, live with them for a few days. So I feel like anybody in the Vanderpump cast would be would be fun to be on vacation with. I don't know that I could keep up, but it's a fun group. (laughs) That's true. Mm. The trips with us, man, it's like we can't even keep up. Oh, my God. Production is just exhausted by the end. 
It's a lot of fun and a little bit of sleep. Yes, that sounds about right. Of your former housewives, who would you like to bring back the most? I mean, I'm partial to so many of them. So I would say, uh, you know, look, some of them have come back to great effect Mm -hmm. and think about it all of the time. I don't know at this point what would make sense that hasn't already been done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who do you think would make the best president? Oh, that's a really good question. I think Garcelle would be a good president. President Bouvet. Mm-hmm. So I think that could, yeah. uh, that might be something. Lisa is ineligible. So, True. you know, so we'll never get there. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, that's really interesting. And then who would their cabinet be, too? Right. Right. Yeah, I got to think on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just wanted to break the ice with you a little. And... When we get back, we're going to take a little break. I want to get into some of your background, some Vanderpump, some Hot Mike, the Valley, so much more. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is supported by FX's feud, Capote versus the Swans. Inspired by actual events, the series tells the story of writer Truman Capote and the women he betrayed. The original housewives, they were society's most elite women, rich, glamorous socialites who defined a bygone era of high society New York. From creator Ryan Murphy, this drama series features an all-star cast, including Naomi Watts, Demi Moore, Diane Lane, Molly Ringwald, Calista Flockhart, Chloe Sevigny, and Tom Hollander as Truman Capote. FX's feud premieres January 31st on FX, stream on Hulu. A new year brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Because let me tell you, it's not too late to start. Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. So let me tell you why I've recently switched to Dime Beauty. It's clean. It's a high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either. And when I say clean, I mean Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient. So you can use their products daily with confidence and know exactly 
what you're putting on your skin. I personally do not have time to remember the order of a 10-step routine. Like, no one has time for that, but you throw a husband and a kid in the mix, and as busy as I am, I just can't do it. So I decided I wanted to start with their works collection. The work system is everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, y'all know I love anything with sunscreen. Their tinted glow wonder screen with SPF 30 just came out in new shades, and it is amazing. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars. So if you haven't checked out Dime, where have you been? Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com now and unlock 20% off when you use code goodasgold. That's dimebeautyco.com. Use goodasgold for 20% off. And I'm telling you, you're going to love this stuff. So you have had a very successful career many years now at the top of your field as a creator and producer of reality television but i want to know how did this all come about like what is the alex baskin origin story well i grew up and i loved television i was an la native which is somewhat rare my dad was a television writer, so I had exposure to the business. And this was in the days predating reality TV as we mm -hmm. know it. Shows like The Real World were around, and yeah. I was so interested in them. Oh, totally. So, I wanted to be on that so bad. Oh, so cool. <laughs> so I loved it. I loved every time a new cast was announced. And I grew up, you know, listening to and watching Howard Stern, and that was essentially reality TV. And then really my transformative experience was the summer after my senior year of high school, I interned at MTV. And that's when MTV was just doing the coolest shit yeah. in the world. Totally. Um, so it was just a factory of creativity. And I was really into it. And I actually sold MTV a pilot that they wanted to produce. And we had to attach a production company. So I met with a few different companies, including Evolution. And ultimately, they selected someone else to produce it. But having met Doug Ross, who had founded Evolution... We formed a bond and he asked me, he told me, you know, just look, reach out if you ever want to work for me, if you ever want to uh, get into television. Mm -hmm. Well, after going to law school many years later and realizing that wasn't the path that I wanted to take, I called Doug up and I said, do you remember me, you know, from six years ago? And he said, I do. And they said, well, I'm going to have to take a job as an attorney unless you can hire me. And he found a spot for me. And, I love that. Yeah. Good old Doug. <laughs> so... Are the internet rumors true? Because I've heard that you're like the heir to the Baskin Robbins empire. Oh my God, I wish that were true. So, no. I say, where's the free scoops been? Yeah, exactly. I know. This is no, my dad's uncle founded Baskin Robbins along with his brother in law. And so there was that, there's that connection to okay. it. Okay. And my dad used to get free ice cream. He had a, a card that entitled him to this. And then when he was in college, he so abused his privileges that he got a letter from corporate and they no restricted way. him to Baskin Bucks. He was on an allowance. No way. So we don't get anything. We have no allowance left. And uh, that's about it. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first project or show that you were a part of where you thought like, wow, I've really made it? The first two series that I created were one was pageant place with Donald Trump, yep. <laughs> which is his beauty pageant winners. Uh -huh. And so that was kind of fun and felt big. And there's a, a feeling of seeing something that started in your mind 
come to life, that is really invigorating. So that put a spring in my step, even if the series didn't, you know, do terribly well. Mm -hmm. Funny thing, by the way, is the guy who was running Trump's company at the time would ask me what the ratings were. And I would tell him they were just so-so. And he's like, I can't tell Donald that. I'm like, well, the ratings, there's nothing I can do about it. So that was one. And then my other series was, or the other uh, series that came right around that time was with Slade Smiley mm -hmm. and Joe De La Rosa. And it was Date My Ex. And that's when Bravo was looking for dating shows. And Andy Cohen was in the evolution offices prepping for his first reunion hosting job yeah. for Orange County. And wow. I was like, what about, and pitched him that. Yeah. So oh that gosh. was fun at the time too. Totally. So speaking of pageant place, of your past shows, we've got that one, Beverly Hills Nannies. Yeah. Sweet Home Oklahoma. The Big Shot with Bethany, Country Ever After, Private Lives of Nashville Wives. Are there any that you'd love to bring back or you felt like didn't get a fair shake first time around? There's some that I love that just didn't hit. So one was there was a project with Dee Snyder and his family, which was in like 2010. And the people who watched it loved it, but just not enough people saw it in the first place. It was mm -hmm. called Growing Up Twisted. Okay. So I just had a soft spot for them because... Mm -hmm. It's also one that I describe as a success because Dee and his family had been burned by producers a bunch. And so they went into this very Larry. And by the end of it, even though the show wasn't a hit, they said thank you and enjoyed their experience. And that meant a lot to me. I thought we'd done right by them and they yeah. thought so too. But otherwise, it would be hard to bring a lot of them back. A lot of them were just moments mm -hmm. in time. Yeah. And I'm grateful to still be making a lot of them. Yeah. We're making so many moments in time still. So you're also now hosting the Hot Mike podcast yeah. for Bravo, and we'll get into more of that later. <laughs> but um, new, we had a moment on that. We we did. I, I've got notes on it that yeah, I want to talk good. about. <laughs> but um, new reality shows I know that you're launching yeah. for Bravo this year include The Valley, yeah, Bet It All on Blonde, scripted projects starring Jennifer Coolidge, Pete Davidson, Dustin Hoffman, Fifty Cent. I know we talked about that. Yeah. And, so many more. So you've so much on your plate. I want to know what's next for you. But like, do you also have room for anything else? Yeah, I mean, I you have to make room. And I think these days, too, that you don't want to specialize in just one thing. Yeah. And so I'm proud of what I've done. And I, I you know, fully intend to keep doing it. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's the foundation on which everything else is laid. But I also think the business keeps changing. I think what's in vogue changes all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to me to be in front of that. And truly, it's a cliche. I do work with great people. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I mean, as you know, typically, unless something is going, you know, woefully wrong, like we don't have to talk all the time because yeah. like you're, you're dealing with the production totally. team that has everything, you know, fully under control. Yeah. And so that's always really important to me. But yeah, I mean, I, I love trying new things. It's fun for me to get into different spaces. And I think you learn and grow. And then I think you're always excited about what you're doing. And it doesn't feel like drudgery. Yeah. Um, and I think you bring ideas from one form to another. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'll keep doing that. There are days that feel really stacked and there are days where it's a physical impossibility to do everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you figure it out. Yeah. Do you remember the first time we met? Oh, God, it could be one of a few times. So okay. I don't remember. So but I'm so curious. When was it? From what I remember, yeah. I vividly remember you and Kyle Richards Sitting at table 25 in Villa Blanca. I was going to ask you if it was at Villa Blanca. Yes. Yeah. Like when you walk in the restaurant on the left, yeah. it was the middle row of tables. You were in the back 
table at the four top and I remember serving you and Kyle was like, oh, I want to introduce you to our executive producer. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, like that's so funny because I knew I have memories of you from Villa Blanca. Mm-hmm. And we say, too, that I always thought that you and Kyle's daughter, Farrah, looked alike. Totally. We still to this day get that. Brock met her at Dancing with the Stars and was like, holy shit, it's she so is your twin. funny. So I remember thinking that when yeah. I first met you. It was like, you know, oh, that's Farrah's doppelganger, uh-huh. you know. But I thought that, yeah, I thought it could have been there or I thought it might have been at a party or... I knew it was before we were casting. Yeah. So then that kind of goes into my next series of questions because I'm curious. We'll start easy. How did the idea of Vanderpump Rules first come to be? Lisa and I had been talking about doing something. And, you know, she was really a breakout star of Beverly Hills, Mm -hmm. even in the first season. And it was clear that, you know, she just had that magnetism and there was an interest in doing a vehicle with her. She was smart enough to know that she needed the support and she didn't want to carry something on her own. Mm -hmm. And it made sense to look at her businesses. So we were looking into Villa Blanca, but let's be honest, Villa Blanca was snoozy comparatively. Totally. So, you know, even though Villa Blanca was sort of the Beverly Hills peach pit, you know, mm-hmm. in its first two seasons, yeah. Sir was was sexier. Sir, Sir just was more interesting, was a wilder place. And Sir was a place that I went like with my friends, mm-hmm. you know. So those were are where those conversations started. And then I took a screenshot of the Sir website which had Lisa sitting in a throne surrounded by (laughs) everyone else in black and white. And I sent it to Andy Cohen and was like, you know, this is what we should do. And he wrote back like, you know, okay, like Mm -hmm. I'll give you a deal to do that. And so then we had a deal to do casting and then a presentation for that. So how did I get brought into the mix? What did that discussion look like? Well, we were looking into both of the restaurants that Lisa was a part of. And you were a part of the natural extended friend group. Mm-hmm. And so it made sense. And so even though you weren't friends with everyone there, you were, at the time you were friends no with, with well, you friends with Sandoval. That was, that was it. That yeah, was like I mean, my one tie yeah. that I feel like people forget too. So that was really, and that's where, that's true. I mean, that's where you do have a sense of loyalty and mm-hmm. you have a connection to him, you know, that's obviously very conflicting at times, you know, like right now. <laughs> so, so that's how you came up. And we ended up meeting with, I don't even know how many people, but we met with a lot of people at both places. Mm-hmm. And, and Lisa used to also to, to kind of, you know, reinforce the fact that this was sort of a fluid situation. Lisa would move people between the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, so people who worked at Villa Blanca would take shifts at Sur and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we met with a lot of people and the people who should be a part of the show pretty quickly announced themselves. And so we kind of knew what the core group was right away. And you were a satellite of that at that time because you had the connection to Tom and then not really a relationship or certainly not a good one with anyone else. None of them. (laughs) (laughs) Had my potential involvement been discussed before the scene on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, like the season two finale when I'm working at the Sur event and ran into Brandy? Absolutely. So we were already pretty far underway with what we thought the group was. Mm -hmm. And then we, hand to God, had no idea. 
you know, then because we also, by the way, would have been we would have covered it differently if we did. Mm -hmm. So we had no clue there. You were in the discussions. And then, by the way, we're like, you know, oh, okay, this is something we want to see through. Like, you know, at that point. But that wasn't a part of it. I'll tell you what our reservations were with you at the time were that you had been like a Disney actress. And Mm -hmm. so the concern was, would you be that open or would the acting roots be a problem? Because at the time, that was sort of a turnoff to us and a, and a concern that you might play to the Disney type. Yeah. And also, I remember when I met with you, yeah. at sir, you were the person who convinced me to do this show because I was so focused on acting and I didn't know that I wanted to step into this world and then forever just be typecast as, you know, Sheena from Vanderpump right. Rules for this role or this role or it may affect other ones in the future. Isn't it amazing how things have changed because it was something that could have been difficult to overcome at the time. And Mm -hmm. then now the lines are just so blurred. It doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. But also difficult to overcome potentially being thrown in this reality show, you know, as a homewrecking whore, quote unquote. 17 years later, I'm still being called that. I had a moment with Sandoval this season. You see a little bit of that in the trailer. But with Brandy, she wasn't in the first season. She hadn't been announced yet. And I didn't know she would be there if that was why I was asked to come and work this event. Because a couple years prior at Villa Blanca, I vividly remember the kitchen staff and all of the servers like Pandora. I mean, everyone knew passing around a magazine that had photos of me and Eddie in it. Really? So it was definitely known that I was this girl. And then I'm asked to work this party and go and pass a tray of goat cheese balls to the women in the corner. And I'm like, no, Lisa, I can't go over there. She's like, go over there to those women over there. And I was like, Walking with the goat cheese balls. I like still am triggered by goat cheese balls. <laughs> like, Here you go. And I just remember Brandy was like, oh, that's that Shiana Marie girl who slept with my husband or whatever. And I'm like, I need to get oh the fuck out of here. I was not wearing a mic. I just thought I was working a party at Sir. I think it was honestly my first shift at Sir. No, you know, we didn't know because I think where it was of interest to Lisa was the idea was because the lounge was opening, right? So that was the whole, that's what was featured. Then it was populating it with people who might be a part of the new series. Mm -hmm. And so that was sort of that. And I was really focused on Taylor Armstrong because that was the the central, you know, story that we were covering at the time Mm -hmm. because she was leaving her husband. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, that ended up tragically, you know, shortly thereafter. So... That's where our attention was, was was her going there. And she had just outed that he had been physically abusive to her. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were thinking. And then this just became one of those things. I'm like, Sidebar. Well, yeah, like, honestly, <laughs> well, honestly, what is going on? And then and it was hard because it was then a matter of, you know, talking to you and talking to Brandy separately and saying, like, I swear to God, we didn't set this up. You know, it, yeah. it just it just it happened. And then, of course, later, you know, you both like really bravely and gamely did that crossover, which we'll we'll get to, I'm which, sure. Yeah, no, I wanted to say, I mean, I feel like that transition, I know school yeah. nowadays teaches things about reality TV and whatnot. And I feel like that is a moment in reality TV history that will be taught to people for years and years, you know, from now. 
but it's not something that could ever be completely replicated. I mean, the way that show, I know we bridged Summer House. I do want to get into a little bit about yeah. the Valley, but the way we were able to so seamlessly take this conversation at the end of Housewives, the cameras follow me into work and people 20 minutes in are like, where are the other housewives going? Where am I? Yeah, I know. I, they were, as Brandy said, we kidnapped them. Yeah. So, but, um, well, and I'm trying to tamp down expectations of that on the Valley because, you know, I was accused of overhyping the third episode of the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Yeah, which is, and, and so, which you me out with stuff. And I'm like, what did people think I was referring to, by the way? Like, sort of like, you know, an execution or a pregnancy or something. I'm like, I don't yeah. know what people would have imagined, but yeah, I don't think that can be recaptured. So I think that can be an inspiration. And mm -hmm. I think the idea of moving seamlessly from one to the other is great. But that was different. That was, you know, so powerful and awkward and tense. And like I said, I really thought brave of both of you to do. How did you get Brandy on board to do that? Series of conversations with her. And, you know, she was really committed to what made Beverly Hills great. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I do think that deep down she wanted to have the conversation with you, but I don't know that she would have, she wouldn't have had it then. Right. right. And, and so she agreed to do that for the show and it was grateful to her for that. Mm -hmm. That was really tough. I mean, you know, it was really hard for her and she was shaking before and certainly you were. <laughs> and I mean, I remember being there and no idea what was going to happen, how it was going to end. It could have been really bad. Yeah. So wild. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, that, moment that transition it was it was iconic and you know i'm thankful to have been a part of the launch of this entire you know thing that we've done together 11 um, years now long time and uh, you were right there at the center of it yeah so speaking of transitions you relayed in an interview this past week that the valley will have a backdoor launch with a similar transition featuring a conversation between Jax and sandoval how do you feel that will measure up to the Beverly Hills Vanderpump one? Well, I think they're just really different. So I just think that it isn't the same relationship between mm -hmm. you and Brandy where it's right. very hard to see <laughs> each other, right? I mean, and so that's a thing. And so I think that uh, Jax and Sandoval also have seen each other um, a bunch, mm -hmm. you know, over the past few years. I wouldn't say they're the closest of friends, but... Um, Although he's been karaokeing every Monday well, night at his bar I've seen recently. And they're, they're kind of in a different place <laughs> now, now totally, than they were. But then, so, yeah. But then they, then they weren't. I mean, they were they would see each other just because of the friend group, but mm -hmm. they weren't, you know, personally close and, and bonded again. Mm -hmm. So I think it's awkward and powerful. But to me, it was a big deal for Jax to go over the hill to West Hollywood for a boy's night, which he does with Brock and with James mm -hmm. and with Schwartz and with Sandoval. And then Jax gets his licks in and Jax feels like, you know, somewhat vindicated because sort of thinking like, first of all, who's the number one guy in the group now? And <laughs> James. And also, right, yeah, last man standing, right. you know, and also that he had this shit beaten out of him. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, kind of what does it feel like to Tom? And then, you know, Jax has that conversation and then heads back over the hill and into our new series, The Valley. I cannot wait for this show. What can you tease is to come on this show? Because I know there's some familiar faces, obviously, Jax, yeah. Brittany, and Kristen. Some people may remember Janet, obviously, from here on Shenanigans, but a little bit on Vanderpump Rules. But what can you tease about what's to come? 
Well, I think it's a different phase in life that I would say doesn't fully represent adulthood. So I think it's adulting, <laughs> but I think it's figuring it out as you go. And so, you know, you're as an attentive a mother as there is, but you're still figuring your shit out, yeah. right, in the rest of life. And we so, all are. Yeah. And so that's what's fun to me is that I think that it feels new and different and fresh, but it's an extension of what you mm -hmm. see on Vanderpump Rules. Jax, Brittany, and Kristen are just a ton of fun to see and they're just right back in the saddle so they're great and i think that was you know the strongest possible foundation and then i think the you know new group which is very much a real friend group and this whole project originated from a conversation jacks and i were having about you know who is in his life right now yeah. so once again it's back to that authenticity that has worked for us you know so well on vanderpump mm -hmm. so it's a group that is you know diverse and interesting and represents, you know, sort of all sort of different phases in life as well. I mean, Kristen is figuring out, you know, what's next for her. You have people who recently got married. You have people whose marriages are on the rocks. I mean, mm -hmm. you've kind of got it all. So it's fun. It feels very different from Vanderpump, you know, um, even though it's uh, just over the hill. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I saw Jack said on his podcast yesterday that he was the one who came up with the idea for the Valley. So did he call you? He said you guys like met up at a hotel or something and he kind of pitched you this idea. And then you were just like, yeah, this is something we need to do. Yeah. I mean, he called me up and said, you know, let's meet up for a drink. There's a project I want to talk about with you. And and he said, you know, I'm ready to mm -hmm. come back and let's talk about what that looks like. And I just always believe in starting with what's real. Yeah. So he said, who is in your life? Like, let's, you know, develop this out. And so we put a bunch of his friends on tape and, you know, and I think we settled on just a really strong nucleus. And then, you know, honestly, the strength of Vanderpump Rules then allowed us to just expedite things and and get right into production. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was great. So the new life that Vanderpump found. And another thing I want to clarify, and you did this, thank you for me before, too, is just to be really clear, Vanderpump was not in trouble in season 10 before Scandal. I was going to ask so about that. That's really important. Too. I was really yeah. glad that you covered that. And and so because, you know, my words were were sort of, you know, used against us in a way that wasn't accurate. Mm -hmm. And what I meant by that and what I actually said in the full quote was season nine was not great. Season 10 yeah. was a rebirth. It was a really strong season and independent of anything that happened after the season we were going to continue making the show. Mm -hmm. But that said, once we became, you know, kind of the center of the pop culture universe, then a spinoff made sense to jump on immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see it because, I mean, I'm friends with every single cast yeah. member on this show. And just from, you know, being in the friend group and hearing the stories that happened over summer to being able to watch it, I, I can't wait. By the way, you are, it's, it's so funny, your name comes up all the time. You are friends with everyone and talking to everyone all of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so the number of conversations on like, you know, all of the shows that start with, I was just talking to Sheena. Yeah. But kind of, <laughs> I love it. Of the cast members who aren't previously known to the Bravo audience, who do you think is going to resonate the most? I think... They'll resonate in different ways because I think they represent different archetypes. And so mm -hmm. I think, for example, Jesse and Michelle have a fascinating relationship. So I think people will like that. 
you know, Janet obviously was pregnant when we were shooting this, and she and Jason are a, a great couple that I think people are really going to like. Nia had just given birth to twins. She had three right. kids I under two. I don't know how she does it. And now she has a new podcast out. and Unreal. And yeah, so I and I goals. think, you know, so she and, and Danny are kind of figuring out how to manage all of that. And I think people will relate to that. I think Zach is a lot of fun. I think Jasmine is great. So I think there's something for everyone. And truly, and I'm not just saying this to be diplomatic, but... You know, you don't know who is going to pop when you do a show. And I think like so true. Oh, I'm, and I'm wrong all of the time. <laughs> you kind of just have to be right enough yeah. and put you know, enough right pieces in place. And a lot of it then is the chemistry uh, of everyone on the whole. Mm -hmm. But it all works. I think everyone carries their weight in this. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot of negative feedback already. And I'm like, you guys haven't even seen the show. It's just like we didn't ask for this. We didn't want this. And I'm like, oh, just you wait. Yeah, I mean, that makes me laugh. And I just I look at that two different ways. I mean, part of me is like, you know, fuck off. Just wait until we actually yeah. you see something. And then part of me thinks, you know, it's fun to be snarky. And I just think at least there's an interest in it. In a, Do you have any concerns about the new show? A concern right now is she's getting it done because yeah. we we just, you know, it's coming up. And so we're under the gun. I think it's really strong. I would be concerned if we didn't capture a lot when we were shooting it. Mm -hmm. But we have we have a ton of story. We're able to do more episodes than we initially had ordered. That's so. Amazing. Yeah. For a first season show, like that's remarkable. Oh, yeah. And the trail, just the little opening kind yeah. of sequence that we saw. So good. Very desperate housewives -y and, I mean, incredible. So. I think people are going to be into it because I think that they think that we're just trying to pull back former Vanderpump cast mm -hmm. and just put them in this setting. And I think it's so much more than that. Oh, and for so sure. I think they're going to be pulled into it. Yeah, I agree. All right, we're going to take one more little break and then I, I want to get into hot mic and a little more VPR. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. 
Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Shenanigans with Sheena Shea is sponsored today by BetterHelp. So you guys know what an advocate I am for therapy, for all things mental health. And I want to take a minute to talk to you about BetterHelp because this has been Brock's go-to therapy for about a year now. I have been with my therapist doing EMDR and all things just to work through my postpartum OCD. And Brock was like, you know what? I want to get a therapist too. And I was like, well, honey, you should try better help. So I feel like New year, you know, if there's something you want to work on other than just the typical, let's go to the gym, let's get on a good diet, work your brain, work your mental health and do all things with better help. Because maybe you finally organized one part of your space or your life, but you want to tackle another. So tackle getting your mental health in order. I have benefited so much from therapy. I seriously would not be where I am today if I wasn't so consistent with it. And that is one thing I think is so important with therapy is just staying consistent, being open, being honest, because there is no judgment when it comes to therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash goodisgold today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash goodisgold. And while we're taking care of our mental health, we should also take care of our body. We should take care of with exactly that, Care Of, which is a subscription service that ships high quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. They offer a curated set of products that are designed to work with research-backed ingredients and optimal doses. So you've probably seen these all over online. They have the most Instagrammable packaging. It comes individually packaged each day with your name. It has a cute little inspirational quote, and it makes it easy to just have them on the go so you never forget to take your vitamins and supplements. All you do to get started is you take a short, simple quiz online about your lifestyle, health goals, and care of will give you doctor-backed recommendations. It's literally that easy. I personally love a good quiz. And this one was fun because it was about me. And you know, everyone thinks I like to make everything about me. So care of was perfect. Also care of's app helps you track how you're feeling and playback insights about your results over time. So you can adjust your routine as your needs change. I feel like too, for me personally, when I first started with care of it was at a very different time in my life, pre baby, Whereas then through pregnancy, after pregnancy, you know, they're able to tailor things to exactly what stage in life you're going through, whether you need to add some CoQ10 or DHA. There's so many things that I have learned now that as I'm approaching 40, I need to take daily. So what are you waiting for? For 50% off your first month subscription with Care Of, go to takecareof.com and enter code BROCK50. And that is 50% off your first month subscription with Care Of. Go to takecareof.com and enter code BROCK50. 
Okay, so I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I recently appeared on your Hot Mic podcast and I got in a lot of hot water following that, to say the least. I was like really excited to post about this interview and then I was seeing the feedback and I was like, because mm, I felt like we had a really great candid conversations yeah. about the ups and downs of reality TV and BTS of Vanderpump Rules and unfortunately because it's behind a paywall not everyone has access to it but I thought it was a great episode I think you've was. had other amazing episodes I know you've had Kyle Richards and Heather Dubrow and Terry and whatnot so I do want to encourage my listeners to go pay the $3.99 subscription and go have a listen because so many great episodes but I feel like the only thing the masses have seen from that interview was an edited together promo clip that maybe doesn't give context to the larger conversation into how these clips fit into that. So my question is, why was that clip chosen to be the only portion of the interview available to the public and who chose it? Well, I think there were two clips that were chosen. I can't offhand remember the other one, but they choose two per episode. Okay. And I can't, or I don't pick them, I would say if I did, is I can't watch myself. So I, that's the conversation <laughs> that I have with, with the entire team because they're like, well, don't you think it would make you better if you could watch and you could learn? I'm like, well, maybe, but I'm not going to do that. So we'll never know. Um, <laughs> so I just, I find I'm just too self-conscious. Mm -hmm. But You did a great job. I mean, you didn't have your cards or anything. You're just a great conversationalist. And I genuinely enjoyed that interview. So I hated how much backlash I felt bad it about got. that because you really don't want someone to, on the one hand, is like, you know, it's great. There's a lot of attention on it, but I felt bad because I want that to be a fun place for people to go. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to, you know, make anyone uncomfortable or or sort of, you know, draw any attention to it. I was surprised by how viral it went. Yeah. and I, I was too. I mean, it was worse than being in Sandoval's room at BravoCon. Yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. And so and I I saw, once I saw it and I posted it because it was on because Bravo TV, if you come and posted it, mm -hmm. um, then I was just shocked by how much pickup it got mm -hmm. right away. Because I thought you would take some shit because it was selective, because it was just a moment, like you were saying, of a bigger point right. that we were discussing, which was just about the difficulty of being friends with people who are in the middle of this, mm -hmm. you know, and you were thoughtful about that and considered about it. It was part of, you know, again, a bigger conversation. Yeah. So I thought, OK, I sort of but I, it's just the same thing where to me, the extremeness of the reaction did surprise me. Yeah. To that. I mean, it's still it's still a pretty innocuous clip. So even if anyone, you know, is thinking, oh, you're making it all about you. Well, first of all, I asked you a question about you. Right. So, I mean, there, there's I'm not sure who else you would make it about. Yeah. And so I was, you know, so we were talking about the difficulty of being in the middle of this. Yeah. And you related that. So I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. But I, I was just, you know, shocked um, as I continue to be about how much how invested people are. Because I am such a perfectionist, I was so annoyed that I misspoke a little and I said directed instead of directly affected. I just like took those words and put them together. And I'm like, look, I said what I said. I'm not here to defend or try and, you know, be like, well, I said that, but I didn't mean that. It yeah. was like, no, you know what? Last year I was put in a really tough position having to go to court, losing two people, et cetera, et cetera. So I was just trying to explain that there was, you know, more than just what you see. And 
with Ariana, I just hope she always knows that I do always have her top of mind. I am always going to be loyal to her. I just was trying to figure out some shit on my own of how can I let this hatred and anger go? Because it's not healthy for anyone to harbor that much anger and hatred towards any individual. I've forgiven Lala for saying awful things about me. I've forgiven Katie for saying awful things about me. And I was trying to just explain of, I don't agree with what Tom Sandoval has done. And I do not forgive him for what he did to Ariana. She didn't deserve that. I've just let shit go with every other person who's been terrible to me. And I was just putting it on the same playing field. Clearly that didn't resonate. Well, I, and I, <laughs> but I, but I think in previewing this season of Vanderpump Rules, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a challenge for a lot of people because yeah. the question at a certain point, you do have to move forward. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you have to forgive. Right. right? But I mean, it's, it, but you have to figure out how to move on in life. And that's a tough thing to do. And I know that, you know, a lot of people think that this is all just for the show, but it's not. This is a real friend group. And mm-hmm. if you look at the other stuff that they've you know, gone through and gotten to the other side of, yeah. I wouldn't have believed that. But here we are. This one is just messier than anything that has come before it. Right. There was a moment when I was seeing how negative everything was that kind of triggered and reawakened something. Season eight. I don't know if we can talk about this, but Brie Dellinger, mm. former VPR yeah. editor who went public on a podcast and said she liked to pick my most embarrassing moments and highlight them on the show to make fun of me. And so then I'm seeing this clip be put out and all of this negativity and it just kind of brought that back up when I'm like, I think there was also something we maybe even discussed on the podcast. Yeah, we did. But I would say I wish everybody would see the full interview. Yeah, and, $3.99. And, Go subscribe. <laughs> not, don't blame me. But I have to. No, I, I wish that it were uh, readily available and there's some, you know, and I would love for it to be as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was a thoughtful conversation. And the whole yeah. point of having you and Jeremiah on and having behind the scenes people too is to open up what it means to make the shows. Yeah. And and so I thought, you know, on the one hand, that was a great clip to choose because look at the attention that it got. But Seriously? I also didn't want to it. So, you know, like, well done. Oh. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After seeing that backlash, did anyone on your team maybe feel like, ooh, that wasn't fair to Sheena? Like maybe we shouldn't have put that clip out or when it's clickbait, you know, there's just no rules. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I would love to tell you that um, they're you like, know, we got gold. They were, I, I think I think they're excited that people <laughs> that people cared that much. So I thought that was, you know, that was a good thing from that yeah. standpoint. But but again, I that was quite a reaction. I still am shocked. Like I was looking at the comments and I'm like, is there anything positive? Oh, there, there's one and then <laughs> 40 negative. And then you, know maybe you know what's like... weird, though, is Recently, I've seen that there are more positive comments than there were before. I don't know why oh. that is. And so maybe it, people listen to the entire episode. But possibly. I mean, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Well, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Back to VPR for a moment. You mentioned this a little bit earlier about how 
the show seemed to be on a downward trajectory yeah. after, you know, seasons nine and 10. But do you think no matter what, if Scandal hadn't happened, like no matter what, there was a season 11? I, unquestionably, because our season ra- 10 was so good. Season 10 was great. So our ratings were on the we're doing fine. Mm-hmm. So so they were better than they were in season nine. And I thought that we were in a really good place. And so I don't see a world in which we wouldn't have gotten a season 11. And in fact, I actually think that Scandaval has made it more challenging to make the show going forward. So mm-hmm. I think there's this big surge. And then, you know, it was a lot of pieces for us to pick up. Yeah. Um, but we we did not need Scandaval. We made the most of it. Right. You know, we took it and we ran with it, but we did not need it. No, I agree. The original, I had COVID, so I wasn't there for the original finale, but that was such a strong finale. Yeah, I was. remember when I saw that, I was like, wow, that was so good. Pretty and powerful. then, boom, we have the new episode of all the current stuff. And I mean, hello, Emmy nominations. Oh, my God. I know. Although wild. I hate that we have to stop at nomination. But I know. <laughs> that, welcome to Wrexham. I'm sorry. It should not have been in our category. It is not even a comparable show. Great show. Love Ryan Reynolds, but should have been in a different category, just saying. I'm going to agree. Mm-hmm. So where does VPR go moving forward? Like, what would you want to explore? Let's just say potentially there's a season 12. Where do we go from here? Well, I definitely think that we have more life left in us. And I wasn't sure at certain points that we did. Mm-hmm. I think it's always hard to map out what that show is going to be because everything changes, you know, all the time. So I don't know. But I think the relationships are they evolve over this season. And I think they're going to be different in a few months. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as we continue to stay rooted in what's really going on in people's lives, then I I think there's, you know, there's a lot left for us to do. Everybody personally has a lot going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, and just things like Lala just got a house. James has his residency in mm-hmm. Vegas. So all of that, I think, is really interesting. And the dynamics keep shifting. Maybe we add to the group. You know, we'd have to add from the real friend set. Mm-hmm. So there's you know sort of a limited universe that kind of defines itself. Um, More crossovers with the Valley. Uh, I'm all about crossovers. I love them. Yeah. And I feel like, too, Bravo's so much more open to that now, you know, with yeah. the ultimate girls trips and Winter House. And I feel like... There's so much more room to do that now where it's like, okay, we get it. Y'all are friends. Everyone, we're breaking the fourth wall so much now. Everyone meets at BravoCon. We build genuine friendships, relationships, people date. It's so intertwined now. It makes sense to do it. I think BravoCon opened up a lot of that for the universe Mm -hmm. because I think it was, you know, the ultimate gathering of everyone in one place. And so it's like the entire Marvel universe. So I I just, because I think it used to be the idea that it was sort of manufactured if anybody would get together. It's not like, you know, they were living in different worlds, like, you know, they were just on different shows, but those are real friendships. And Mm -hmm. the Valley is just an extension to me of the Vanderbump rules, you know, world. Yeah, I feel like more crossovers in the future would definitely be something that's fun to watch. I want a fluidity between those two shows. I think that's really great and fun because I think, I mean, even being in a show is an arbitrary distinction. And that's Mm -hmm. what we say all of the time. And we always encourage people not to think in terms of storylines, ever just live their lives. And Mm -hmm. that would be everybody living their lives. And so we have to make sense of it and we have to order it. And there's certain things that would live in certain shows. But I would love to see, you know, as much interplay as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned this a little bit earlier, but when you told 
Variety ahead of the season 10 finale that there was a bombshell <laughs> so big that it might make some cast members not want to return for season 11. So as a cast, we had no idea what you were referring to. I felt like we were in the dark just as much as the audience, but the comment did fuel a lot of fan theories and, you know, took a life of its own. Raquel's pregnant and all of these rumors. Well, I well, and actually what I said, too, was that the question was, are you going to roll right into season 11? Uh-huh. And my concern was that at the time, what well, didn't know that we'd be able to do that because I thought everybody would be more upset with Tom mm-hmm. once he had been contradicted by Rachel in yes. the timeline. So that's what I meant. Yeah. Was, okay. Was because we had a conversation about literally after going from reunion to season eleven, which you know, in retrospect, we never could have done anyway. Everybody needed a break. But <laughs> my feeling was, what if we were filming when that aired? Mm-hmm. Because the reunion would have aired during the next season's production. So my point mm-hmm. was, if we were filming, if everybody got to a decent place with Tom in the reunion, didn't happen. But let's say that there was, <laughs> but let's say there was like teeny tiny progress. Yeah. And then we were filming the next season and the reunion aired and she said, oh, by the way, everything we said was a lie mm-hmm. that he encouraged you to say that I didn't know how we could do that. That was my point. Yeah. OK, that was going to be my question is if you felt like you misspoke or if it was just misunderstood, because I remember when we heard that we yeah. were like, oh, what is it? <laughs> no. And, and I, I wouldn't have previewed something like that anyway, because you would have known what it was. There's no way that you could keep that under under wraps. I just, you know, that was that was what I meant. But, I you know, the speculation then ran rampant. And obviously, the funny thing for me is it's a lesson in what we preach all the time, yeah. you know, where which is like, you know, oh, your words were received differently, mm-hmm. you know. So, Shocking. yeah. I, <laughs> so. Was there anyone during that time that you thought of specifically who you're like, maybe they wouldn't come back or want to? Well, I always thought that the questions would be the people involved in the scandal. And mm-hmm. but Ariana, you know, seemed pretty clearly to want to come, was was doing great and seemed to want to come back. She seemed yeah. in a good place. And she was like, I'm not bailing out now. This is, you know, right. why would I do that? Yeah. You know, and I think. The questions were whether it was a good idea for Tom and then also Rachel. And then it became clear that Tom did want to come back and we just had to talk about how that would happen. And then I did not know with Rachel that was a I was a wild card. And I mean, you know, we talked to her up until a certain point in the Mm -hmm. season. So it's still it, you know, really depended on the day. And I had said to, you know, Jeremiah at a certain point, just plan on her not coming back because yeah. Jeremiah also would want an answer right away and was really impatient. So yeah. she'd be like, she's coming back. She's not coming back. And I'm Can like, we give her uh, call times that's, or not? That's exactly, yeah, he's like really like nuts and bolts about it. Yeah. And and my feeling is that's not going to be like, we don't know. And yeah. you're going to have to roll with it and we'll see. Yeah. I know she said on Bethany's podcast back in August, she didn't return because Bravo wouldn't agree to pay her what Tom and Ariana were making. But then on her own podcast recently, she said she didn't return because it was an unhealthy environment for her. So what is your understanding of why she didn't return for season 11? I don't know. I mean, I I think that, you know, she had a very healthy offer in front of her. Mm -hmm. Um, Our concern was whether it was the right thing for her anyway, Mm -hmm. because, you know, at that point we weren't sure. I thought that it would have done well for her. I thought it would have been the right forum for her mm-hmm. to tell her story. And and so I thought good about it from, you know, I felt good about it from that standpoint. She had concerns about reintegrating into the group. We said, we're here to support you and protect you. And that may or may not make sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how she would be received. But 
I, you know, ultimately, I think the right thing happened. If she didn't think it was right for her to come back, then, you know, we didn't want that on us. And, you know, we're doing okay over here. Hopefully she's doing okay over there. Totally. Was there ever a conversation where if it wasn't, you know, best for her mental health to come back in a full-time capacity, maybe just returning for a few conversations? Yeah, we talked about anything and everything. I mean, we thought that, you know, if she didn't want to be a part of the group or that didn't make sense, then, you know, maybe just to see her would be a thing. And so we were we mm-hmm. were open to whatever form it might take. It got a little bit difficult because we got so deep into the season that I didn't exactly know how it would work. And mm-hmm. um, But we were open to, you know, whatever made the most sense for her and us. Do you think if there is a season 12, the door would still be open for her to return if she wanted to? I don't see that happening. Oh, okay. Interesting. Back to the season 10 reunion from a production standpoint. Was this your most challenging reunion to navigate? Yes. There's so many reasons. I mean, we were on the phone the night before talking about the fact that, you know, there were legal considerations that you face. And it's like, can you even show up there? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. How do we mark out the yards? How do we, you know, all of that stuff. We did it. So (laughs) that was really, we did. So that was really tough. I think we, on the one hand, the thing that wasn't hard about it was there's sort of in some ways zero producing because everybody was very clear on where they stood and what they wanted to Mm -hmm. say. And so it wasn't like some reunions, you're kind of refreshing everyone's mind. Like, remember, this is what going back in time. Here's how you felt about things. Yeah. So the challenge was not to shortchange the rest of the the season for the sake of this. I thought at first maybe we didn't have Sandoval um, on stage Mm -hmm. right away because I thought we could talk about other things. And I thought if you had him there, you couldn't. So there was some thought to that. We didn't know whether Rachel was going to be there. Then I really thought he shouldn't be on stage at first because Mm -hmm. I thought then everything was going to be directed toward him. So there was a little bit of that and just kind of like, you know, moving pieces around the script sort of thing. But otherwise, really, we didn't have to do much other than figure out legally, you know, (laughs) how we could coordinate. Drive the card this way while this card is going this way. (laughs) I mean, you know, how do you count to 200, whatever it was. So, um, So that was it. So, But it was exhausting. It was not a very long day because we kind of got everything out Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, obviously three parts, but it was, I felt weird to me the day after. I was like, what did we just do? What did we just give birth to? I don't know if you felt the same way. I felt a lot of things. Honestly, I was happy with how it turned out because at the time I was obviously feeling so strongly towards both Tom and Raquel, but I had the opportunity to say everything I wanted to say to Sandoval on my couch in that final episode. I didn't get that opportunity with Raquel. And the reunion on that stage with everyone else and their opinions with (sighs) all however many people are on production, that wasn't the time and place for that conversation. So yeah. Having that temporary restraining order in place at the time, I was like, give me my sun chips, a seltzer. I was I was happy that I got to just sit back and watch the show. And then bringing you back for the toast was a thing. It was was all tough. Ariana was like, I will walk off stage if you don't come back at the end (laughs) for the toast. So I loved that all of the girls had my back and that at least felt good because it's not always the case no. on this show for me. <laughs> I have a couple more housewives questions and then I know you're a very busy man, but 
After launching the first Housewives franchise, Real Housewives of Orange County, and then you went on to develop Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as well. Has any other production company taken creative liberties over the years with their franchise that maybe upset you or on the flip side, have there been elements where you're like, oh, that actually improved the overall brand? I think we all look at what each other is doing. There's a Bravo is great at uh, consistency. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're really, you know, very scrupulous about maintaining the standards across the franchises. There are things I'm a fan of and things I'm not. I don't watch all of them because it just is too much to watch. It's so much. It's a lot. Yeah. So I will get sucked into some of them or I will watch if there's a, you know, a particularly important moment or something. Real Housewives of Salt Lake Reunion. You you should know what it is, right? (laughs) And, you know, and know the reference. And so I'll watch some of that or if there's a set I like or something like that, Mm -hmm. then I'll see. But for the most part, we, you know, kind of know how to dial it in. And, you know, and then we'll talk about it. And we'll take inspiration from other shows as well. Yeah. all sorts of different editorial devices and transitions and music and, you know, different storytelling devices, whatever else. Yeah, I love it. Speaking of housewives and those who don't necessarily always get along with their cast, I feel like that is a common occurrence on mostly all shows Bravo, but especially in the housewives franchise. What do you think it would take to get LVP back on Beverly Hills Housewives? And have you ever discussed that with her? And I just don't think it's where we haven't discussed it because I think she's at a different point. And I just don't know that it would make sense. I think she had a an unbelievable run on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there's that loving feeling you know, anymore there. And she's gone on and done so much else. So I just, you know, sometimes the great thing is just sort of leaving the run where it is. And, you know, and so that that's what I think. I don't I think things have changed somewhat because that cast has turned over like they pretty much all do. And so, you know, so I think there isn't that that sense of history there. And certainly the world would love to see her and Kyle try to hash things out. Mm -hmm. I don't know how far they'd get. (laughs) Um, So so that's what I would say. She's you know, she's really doing great where she is. And the show's in a really good place, too. Yeah. But what about leaving the run before the reunion from a production standpoint? How? Well, was that was that tough. Moment? I mean, that was, you know, it certainly is unsatisfying not to see, you know, especially someone as important and impactful as Lisa, who was at the center of what was going mm-hmm. on, you know, not there. But I knew a few days before I could tell she didn't have any any interest in being there. And then the one funny thing is when we were at the reunion, she already told me that she wasn't going to be there. But there was a story that ran in one of the tabloids. I don't remember which one it was. And it had a photo of her having lunch in Beverly Hills. And so we quickly, you know, like smuggled it over to Andy to show it to all the women. And it turns out it was like from days before and it was a mistake. <laughs> so it's so funny. So, so you know, so we're like, you know, look, while you're at the reunion, you know, here's Lisa having lunch yeah. in Beverly Hills. And it, it was not true. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for getting in the hot seat and getting into some shenanigans with me. I have, like I said, wanted to do this for so many years and this was so great. So, so much fun. Thank so, you. And congratulations on everything that you have done with the show. And thank you for being such an important part of the success that we've had over all these years. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening and watching. We'll be back next week. Bye. Sheena Shay, Shay FK. Hey.
Thanks for listening to Shenanigans with Sheena Shea. Download new episodes every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Looking fine and I got my girls with me. Uh, with the boys at the table getting tipsy. Miss me, kiss me one more time. Get over here, boy. I'm going to make you mine. Yeah. Do you want it? Let me see you shake that. Uh, Do you need it? Let me see you shake that. Uh, Do you want it? Let me see you shake that. Yeah. Come and get it. Let me see you shake that. Step in the club, little black dress. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.